Lisa Leong from This Working Life, and for the bonus this week, winning a job virtually. Mm. With me is people management specialist and founder of Corporate Dojo, Karen Gately. G'day, Karen. Hello. So tell me about the process of virtual hiring. How does it actually work? Well, in most instances, you know, um, employers are using video conferencing. So whether that's Zoom or Teams or similar kind of technology. So many are actually using that approach for, for interviews as, as well as um, testing around our actual capabilities. So, for example, if we're going for a sales role, we might actually find ourselves doing a bit of a, a presentation via a Zoom meeting in order for the employer to assess our capabilities. Hopefully, what they're also doing is some of the other traditional things around doing reference checking and, you know, um, looking at abilities testing, so, you know, psychometric tests or, or things like that where we can actually complete the survey online, they get the results, and then obviously, um, you know, backing that up with an interview to, to explore further. So some people may have been hired completely virtually. Yes, especially in recent months, you know, since so many people have been in lockdown, there has been loads of examples of where employers have still needed to hire people. So I've got examples of clients who have uh, met the person through that virtual process. They've started, they've onboarded them, and that person's now a working member of the team, but they've never actually been in the same room with one another. And so what are some of the pros and cons of this for the employer? Well, for the employer, I think just in terms of accessibility of candidates and, you know, being able to use the time efficiently. So to be able to have, um, you know, a quick interview with someone and what I mean by quick is that, you know, we don't have to wait a week for them to be able to take some time off work or to find a time where they can actually sneak away and oh, get into the yeah. interview. You know, it's, it's a lot easier to actually access people. And especially if they are, for example, working from home, they can actually feel really comfortable that from a confidentiality perspective that that's, um, you know, taken care of because even just walking into some employers' offices can be a bit nerve-wracking, you know, what happens if somebody spotted. knows me or exactly sees me even just walk into this recruitment agent's office. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I think um, that accessibility, that comfort can, can be absolutely beneficial. And so what are some of the cons? Are there any horror stories of employing someone and then realising they are not what appeared on the video conference, for example? <laughs> I haven't, I haven't heard that particular example because I think, you know, there's a hit and miss element to interviews in any forum. Yeah. So, you know, it's incredibly common for employers to go through that hiring process and then they don't actually have a good view of how that person's going to operate when they actually do come into the team. So they might have interviewed well, whether it's via Zoom or, or whatever it is, but then their interactions with people are less than ideal. And that's typically because we just haven't tested and observed enough about their character. So one of the cons is, for example, when you know I was in an in-house HR director role, um, I would take notice of how the candidate behaved with everybody, including the receptionist, for example. So when they walk into reception, are they respectful? Do they, you know, have common courtesy toward that person? And some of those broader observations can tell us a lot about character fit. Whereas clearly when we're doing it remotely, we don't have as many of those opportunities to observe them. Mm, like you can't tell, for example, that I'm not wearing pants. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I could ask you to stand up, but clearly 
<laughs> that would be a little odd. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, there are there are elements that we we can't tell, but if we are very structured and deliberate in the way that we're running our process, so interviewing people more than once, for example, making sure we're doing proper reference tech checking rather than just seeing it as a you know um, checkbox exercise, um, that we're actually asking targeted questions around how this person's mindset and, and behaviours have impacted their success in the past. And, you know, in most circumstances, people who have good judgment, who are wanting to do a good job or are at the very least going to turn up wearing pants. <laughs> what about the experience um, as the candidate, the person who wants the job? What has that been like? Well, I think getting past the fear of the camera as a starting point mm. has been a big part of that. And, you know, what I would say to people is to to make sure that your technology is ready because it can clearly be extremely stressful if you're due on an, an interview call but you can't get your Wi-Fi working or for all of a sudden you realise your sound is not working. You don't want that kind of anxiety to be the starting point of the conversation. So, you know, if you can make sure that your technology is working and also make sure that your camera is at a good um, height, you know, so one of the mistakes that people make is looking down on their camera and so now the interviewer is actually just looking straight up their nose <laughs> rather than, you know, being able to see them face on. So, you know, I think that when people get more confident with the technology, then, you know, it can be far more comfortable to then be able to just focus on the actual interview itself and the questions you're being asked. Any other tips and tricks for acing a virtual interview, Karen? Well, I think it's absolutely that um, the starting point is understanding what job are you actually going for and why is this a job that is right for you? So a lot of us will put our hand up for a job because we just want a job as opposed to understanding that this job is something that I have something to bring to. So I have talent, experience, desire, passion, whatever it is, and getting ourselves really clear before we log on to the call around those things. So why am I even here? Then, you know, it's the same old rules for any interview, really. It's about the mindset you choose, you know, really choosing to um, be confident and, and believe in yourself because people do buy belief. You know, if you have confidence and conviction in the way you're talking, now clearly that's not the same as being arrogant or, or full of it, but if you are speaking with certainty, people are more likely to um, accept that as being real. But when we are hesitant or shy or, you know, understating what we're doing, then again, that's more likely what they will buy into. So, you know, to, to really project your full potential, you need to be managing your mind as a starting point that I know why I'm here, I know why I'm capable, I know why I can actually add value and deliver on the outcomes of this particular job. And what about specific skill training, like learning how to use your voice or learning how to speak to camera in terms of the video camera? Yeah, absolutely. Again, if you're somebody that really struggles with that, there, there are training programs you can do, but there's also just practice. You know, just actually get on the Zoom call with a friend, ask them to throw some questions at you and just practice saying it out loud. You know, the great thing about um, technology is you can actually record yourself doing that and then you can watch yourself back and, you know, that will allow you to see how you're coming across 
Um, you know, so for example, things like your body language, if you're really sunk back in your seat and your shoulders are crunched down, you know, again, you can see that and make sure that you're projecting a positive, engaged um, body language. Ooh, so even like recording yourself and looking back at it. Absolutely. Ah. <laughs> I grew up doing the martial arts and one of the things that we used to do to to get better at tournament or, you know, any aspect of our training was to to record it because, again, you can have a perception of the way you're performing that can be quite different. So, again, it's about just being real with yourself, being willing to observe, you know, your performance and recognising what you need to improve. So you might, for example, in watching yourself back, see that you're umming and ahhing or hesitating a lot in your responses. And that then gives you the opportunity to practice speaking with removing the um, you know, again, with self-awareness, we can actually deliberately change those things through practice. Thanks, Karen. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the bonus, please rate and review. We love to read what you think. We do listen and it does make a difference in the stories we tell. Thanks to producer Maria Tickle. I'm Lisa Leong. And until next time, keep working. Keep working.